Good morning, and welcome to the Cyber Smart Morning News Update. With the always evolving world of cyber threats and defense, you need a source you can trust. FBI retired Special Agent Darren Mott guides you through today's intricate cyber landscape and brings you the latest headlines and insights and what it means to you. Let's dive into today's cyber news. Good morning, friends. It is Thursday, I'm sorry, Wednesday, February 14th, 2024, Valentine's Day. So we can expect as the day goes on, plenty of cyber-related new news stories related to love and all of that sort of thing, but you'll get none of that here. We This is Wednesday, so it means Deep Dive Wednesday, so I only have really four, I have five five tabs open, but one of them is, a, is just a follow-up from a story from yesterday, just to update the number and show that it's still getting bad, so let's get right into that. So yesterday I mentioned that there was a Romanian uh, ransomware attack that took off 21 hospitals. That number has now gone up to 100 Romanian hospitals have gone offline. That is not at all good, and like I said yesterday, I hope the hackers that did this um, find a very painful death at some point. So... Um, um, probably this number will get, hopefully it doesn't get any bigger, but we'll probably see other countries starting to see similar things as similar attack vectors are used in other countries uh, that are being targeted by, who was this, Lockbit? Uh, does it even say who the, the ransomware actor was? I do not remember. I don't think it did. Certainly it does not appear to say who that was. So, okay. So whoever it is, um, we'll find out eventually. They'll take credit. And uh, we'll go from there. All right. Uh, new today. This is from cybernews.com. Actually, it's it's in cyber news, but it's from Reuters. U.S. Government Accountability Office breached by CGI Federal. Now, that is a very misleading headline because that sounds like CGI Federal hacked the U.S. Government Accountability Office, and that is not what happened. So the U.S. Government Accountability Office, or GAO, said the sensitive information of 6,000 current and former GAO employees was compromised in a breach of third-party government contractor CGI Federal. Now, here's an interesting thing to understand is that contractors when the government um, po- possess what's called controlled unclassified information, which in this case probably includes PII and stuff like that, personal, personally identifiable information, which was targeted here. They're supposed to take safeguards to protect it. There's a whole new DOD related certification called the Cybersecurity Maturity Model Certification that contractors are going to be required to do in order to do business with the the Department of Defense. But clearly, um, companies are not here yet. So the GAO said, yes, on Monday, that CGI Federal, an IT contractor, IT contractor, mind you, and unit of CGI Inc. notified the agency of a data breach last month. The GAO, a research arm of Congress, said in a statement, the data involved personally identifiable information on employees, including some people who work there from 2007 to 2017. A breach notification letter seen by Reuters said the data contained names, social security numbers, addresses, and some banking information. The letter said the breach had been carried out by a threat actor exploiting a vulnerability in an externally provided platform, but didn't delve into specifics, which is typical when government exploits. Although, you know what? It'd be great if we found out. Perhaps the Cyber Safety Review Board is on top of this. Yes, that is a joke. I'm sure they are not, nor will we ever find a postmortem from this, but here we are. GAO spokesperson Chuck Young said his agency was notified about the breach on January 17th, but referred questions about its impact to CGI. CGI Federal did not immediately return messages seeking comment. And you know why? Because they're not publicly traded. They're not required to say anything. I guess it's good we found out something. Uh, For at least for the 6,000 people, at least they they will have 6,000 people are going to get free 
monitoring of their credit and their information. So yay for them. CGI, which has pivoted towards cybersecurity in recent years, has a host of contracts with the federal government. And again, the irony, you can cut it with a knife. In recent congressional testimony, a CGI official said the company had provided IT protection for 100 participating agencies through the U.S. Cybersecurity Agency tasked with protecting federal networks. In the same testimony, CGI said it provided cybersecurity services to state, justice, commerce, and labor departments, as well as the FCC and the U.S. Agency for International Development. The cybersecurity agency did not immediately respond to a request for comment about CGI. The FBI did not immediately return emails, nor will any of them return anything from anybody asking. But again, this just goes to show CGI Federal, a private company, providing IT and cybersecurity to the government they got breached. So again, they should know better. They don't. So again, I, am I repeating myself? I believe that I am. Darkreading.com. Uh, this is the dark reading staff is the credit for this United Nations digging into North Korean crypto cyber attacks that are totaling $3 billion. Oh, Hurrah. The UN is reportedly investigating dozens of crypto cyber attacks suspected of er, have to have earned the North Korean regime billions to fund its nuclear program. Who's investigating? They have an investigative arm? Who knew? The United, United Nations is posed to announce an investigation into North Korea-sponsored cyber attacks against cryptocurrency companies that potentially brought in around $3 billion to fund the country's illicit nuclear program. An advanced copy of the investigation report, which was provided to Reuters, said UN investigators are looking at 58 specific cyber attacks believed to have been waged by the Democratic People's Republic of Korea or the North Korea to circumvent international sanctions against the country's authoritarian regime. Now, we've been talking about this for for months. I've been talking about it for years, but okay, the UN is now interested. The panel is investigating 58. Uh, that's the same thing. They just they repeated the same um, pretty much the same statement. The DRK or North Korea has been under strict UN Security Council sanctions since 2006 for its nuclear missile activities. The full UN report will be published in the week to come, Reuters said, and will include new trends in North Korean state-sponsored hacking, including increased collaboration between threat groups targeting the of defense sector. Just go at, walk down the, go to DC, go ask the FBI and DHS about their intelligence and go from there. Do we really need this investigation? And what's it going to do? Um, I only, I only note this article just to laugh at it, quite frankly. But um, so, I mean, okay. Yeah. The North Koreans target cryptocurrency exchanges and steal information, steal money. Are we shocked at this? What is, again, what is the UN going to do? But okay. ArsTechnica.com, Ashley Bellinger reporting. Judge rejects most chat GTP copyright claims from book authors. This was an interesting, I found this to be an interesting headline and wanted to find uh, what we're talking about here. So open AI plans, plans to defeat authors claiming claim, remaining claim at a large later stage of the case. Well, that's a real good reading of the sentence by me, isn't it? A U.S. district court in California has largely sided with open AI dismissing the majority of claims raised by authors alleging that large language models powering chat GTP were illegally trained on pirated copies of their books without their permission. So basically what they're saying is that a lot of the information within the chat GPT framework was garnered from stolen copies of authors books and put in, I, I mean, I'm sure they had money to buy the books and put them in, but whatever. By allegedly repackaging original works as chat, GT, chat GTP, GPT outputs, authors alleged, OpenAI's most popular chatbot was just a high-tech grift that seemingly violated copyright laws as well as state laws preventing unfair business practices and unjust enrichment. According to Judge Araceli Martinez-Olguin, authors behind three separate lawsuits, including Sarah Silverman, Michael Chabon, and Paul Tremblay, have failed to provide evidence supporting any of their claims except for 
direct copyright infringement. OpenAI has argued that much of their promptly filed motion to dismiss these cases argued as much, sorry, in their promptly filed motion to dismiss these cases last August. At that time, OpenAI said it expected to beat the direct infringement claim at a later stage of the proceedings. Among copyright claims tossed by the judge were accusations of vicarious copyright infringement. Perhaps most significantly, the judge agreed with OpenAI that the author's allegation that every chat GPT output is an infringing derivative work is insufficient to allege vicarious infringement, which requires evidence that chat GPT outputs were substantial substantially similar or similar at all to author's books. Quote, plaintiffs here have not alleged that the chat GPT outputs contain direct copies of the copyrighted books. The judge wrote, because they failed to allege a direct copy and they must show a substantial similarity between the outputs and the copyrighted materials. Authors also failed to convince the judge that OpenAI violated the Digital Millennium Copyright Act or DMCA by allegedly removing copyright management information such as authors' names, titles of works and terms and conditions for use of the work from training data. This claim failed because authors cited no facts that OpenAI intentionally removed the CMI or built the training process to omit the CMI. Further, the author cited examples of chat GPT referencing their names, which would seem to suggest that some of the copyrighted material remains in the training data. So I, there's more to this. If you want to read this, I'm not going to read the whole thing. It's an interesting lawsuit and we will probably see more of these because, you know, if you use chat GPT, you know, there's information that's pulled out that probably sounds like it's derivative from an existing work and, and, and probably is. Um, so you have to be careful when you use it to make sure you take the information that you're using and kind of reorganize it into your own words. I mean, I, I'll be full disclosure. I use chat GPT for stuff because it's very helpful. What I find is what I'm trying to create. It creates for me quicker than me sitting there and typing it. Now, do I have to change some of it? Sure. It doesn't say everything I wanted to say, but it says, has the bones of what I'm trying to say. And I'm sure most people will agree that like the, the majority of what they're trying to do is outputted by chat GPT. Um, and then there you go. I mean, you can't, you can copyright certain, you can, obviously if you write a book, you can copyright the whole thing, right? Be so, and how you, so nobody can copy that book word for word. But like if I, in my book, I talk about how to do pass, how to use password managers. I'm not creating, I'm not building fire with that chapter or that part of that chapter. How you use password managers are pretty simple. And it's not like I am creating, I'm probably saying something similar to what others have said. I, it's interesting because on my Substack blog, everything there I write from hand. Now, the only time I'll have links in there is if I'm re referencing a news article and I list out something within that news article. But I give credit to the, I say in this article, it says, quote, and I say what I put what the quote is. So yeah, I copy that in. But all the other stuff is stuff that I write on my own. I do not use any kind of AI or anything on my Substack stuff or my LinkedIn post for, for that matter, for the most part. Um, and so I had a guy reach out to me trying to sell me some freaking service he has that says, hey, you have a lot of plagiarism on your site. Well, I ran the same plagiarism tool he did. And all it did was pick out lines that I sourced in the document. So it's kind of bogus stuff. But again, something to remember, if you're using chat GPT, make sure that you, you, you modify it. So it, it's in your, in your voice really at the end of the day. All right. SCmedia.com. Steve Zura reporting Bank of America notifies customers of third-party breach of deferred compensation plans. 
Bank of America was sent notification letters to customers impacted by a third-party breach that the LockBit ransomware group claimed responsibility for last fall of BOA business partner Infosys McCamish Systems, or IMS. In a data breach notification filed February 6th with the Attorney General of Texas, BOA said sensitive information was accessed by the threat actor, including names, social security numbers, financial account information, addresses, and dates of birth. While it's still unclear how many people were impacted, a filing by BOA with the Maine Attorney General said 57,028 people were impacted. So there you go. 57,000 people now have free credit monitoring for a year. Um, So there you go. Um, And the interesting thing here, the point of this is the Bank of America information was not stolen from Bank of America. It was stolen from a third party. So again, Bank of America has a lot of money. You'd think they would be able to do risk assessments and threat assessments and cyber assessments on the third parties they give information to. Um, but clearly they don't. Now, from the article, the breach notification highlights the need for more stringent third-party access governance controls. No kidding. Continuous monitoring. No kidding. And robust, robust threat detection and response strategies to safeguard against such attacks. No kidding. I mean, that's a, <laughs> that line is like, duh. Um, but again, we say this all the time when these things happen, yet companies just aren't taking the time to do what they need to do. Somebody wake up and do something right. That would really be a fantastic way to start. Maybe one day that'll be the news I report that somebody did something right and protected all their stuff. That'd be great. Thanks again for, or thanks as always for taking the time to download, listen to my diatribes as I, as, as you probably know, I read these, as I read them, I'm giving the opinion because I, I don't, pre-read most of these articles. I pre-read part of it to see if it's an interesting story, but as far as reading the whole thing, I don't generally read it all and then talk about it. I kind of do it on the fly. So that's kind of how I do it. Probably not the best news place, but you know what? I'm not a journalist. I'm just reporting the news and I'm hardly a, a, uh, uh, there's a reason I'm behind a microphone, not in front of a camera. As those have seen me on TV, no way, no why. As always, thanks so much for taking the time to listen. Know that knowledge is protection. If we understand the threats targeting us, we can assess our risk, proceed wisely. Thanks again for listening. Feel free to share, comment, um, you know, email me at Darren at the cyberguy.com if you have thoughts, comments, or suggestions. Enjoy the rest of your Wednesday. We'll see you tomorrow morning. Same time, same bad channel. CyberSmart Morning News is written and produced by CyberGuy Productions. Feel free to email thoughts, comments, or suggestions to Darren at the cyberguy.com or follow Darren on LinkedIn at linkedin.com slash in slash Darren Mott. Thanks for listening.